Welcome to the Business Legends Podcast, where we interview business leaders and entrepreneurs so that you can learn from their mistakes, pump up your own inspiration, and grow your bottom line. I'm Reese Arlen, the host of the show, and I'm all by myself today. I have no co-host. Christian left me. He doesn't love me anymore. No, Christian had something, uh, well, semi-important to do this morning, but we're going to have a great cast anyway. Joined, as always, by our super-duper videographer, David Woodruff. Uh, He's probably out of shot right now, out of camera, but David is with Genesis Film. Uh, He is the best videographer on the face of the earth, at least so I hear. So uh, make sure to show him some love at genesisfilm.tv. Our guest today is a great friend of mine, Mr. David Reedy with Advantage 7 Financial. David, thank you so much for joining us this morning. So much for having me. Or maybe I should say joining me this morning since, you know. You're all by yourself. All by myself, you know. Not really. I saw I saw I saw you you perk up a little smile there when I when I hit you with the high notes on all by myself. Yeah, I didn't want to be rude. (laughs) All right, man. So how so let's just jump right into it um, and talk about financial planning for entrepreneurs. So um, how long have you been doing financial planning for? Twenty one years. Twenty one years. So how is that possible since clearly you look like you're 23 years old, by the way? You just come out of the womb knowing about stocks and finance and brokering or something? Or? It's really dim lighting here. <laughs> but no, I started in 1998, right wow. out of college. Wow, that's tremendous, yes, man. I'm sure, I'm sure you've seen some just absolute crazy just changes and in, in developments happen in the financial industry as a whole. Um, some things changed. Some things stayed the same. Sure. Absolutely. Um, so, but different results. A- absolutely. Um, so, on, on this show, we like to talk to you know fresh young entrepreneurs and people that are about to take that plunge, uh, starting up their own business or deciding whether or not to take take a business. And you know, when you uh, when I kind of twisted your arm and uh, had you agree to join us on the show, I just thought, wow, it would be great if if Reedy could address. Uh, by the way, I'm in the middle of a David sandwich right now. I got David Woodruff. <laughs> I got David Woodruff and David Reedy right now. Anyway. Um, I, I thought it would be wonderful if you could kind of speak to entrepreneurs and talk to them about just how to get their finances in check. Um, it's one thing to, you know, get your SBA loan and start a business and, mm-hmm. and get those finances. But, you know, a lot of people get into business and take that plunge without really considering, you know, proper financial planning, both for themselves and their families. Uh, right. What types of experiences do you have with that? Probably uh, all throughout the entire spectrum. Mm-hmm. A lot of the things that I saw uh, both in Florida and up in the Carolinas, were young people or less young people, but more experienced, depending on who they were, would come out and decide that they wanted to do what they love for themselves instead of for, for someone else. Um, nothing wrong with that. It's the American dream. But I also saw that a lot of people didn't really do uh, the, their homework. The sure. due diligence was not done, locations for this, the correct market type for that, uh, which ties into your advertising. Bottom line, if you don't have the right product to sell or if you don't have the right market to sell it to, you could have some problems. And most people come out a little bit stronger with hope than they have with, uh, with experience. So on one side of the coin, a lot of the folks, whether it were lawyers or marketers or financial planners, they chose to do some sort of partnership, going with someone that's already got the ball rolling, kind of come in, share some expenses, and kind of go from there. Great idea, great idea, that's what I did. Mm -hmm. On the other hand, um, some folks, they bake the right pie or they paint the right car, 
They said they're going to go at it right from the right from the beginning. That's fine. Again, as long as you've done your homework, and I'm sure you know this as well, because mm-hmm. with your experience, if you bring the wrong thing to the right place, sometimes you can get lucky. Yeah. But if you bring the right thing to the wrong place, you you're can't. in big trouble. Yeah, you're in yes, trouble sir. for sure. So um, that's a that's a great point. You know, having the right thing at the right time at the right place, and and all of the above. Um, doing the right quality assessments on on these types of things. Um, as far as the financial planning aspect, um, I mean, we could spend a thousand podcasts talking about how to start a business, how to create ideas for a business, how to execute those ideas, and then God knows how to how to get the loan and you know mm. apply for those finances and whatnot. But as far as strictly you know maintaining in financial shape, and I don't want to say like a security blanket or something like that. But you know, what types of reassurances would you would you offer a, a fresh young entrepreneur? Um, I mean, let's let's kind of take it one step at a time. So obviously, your advice is going to be way different from somebody that's starting with nothing, as opposed to somebody that's starting from a from a state where they have a little bit of assets sure. and a little bit of support like that. Sure. But you know, what types of things should they take into consideration, and what types of things would you recommend they do with with both zero and with something? You know. I think the best place to start is to start at the beginning. Mm-hmm. So what is the beginning? What are your bills? Yeah. What do you need to survive to be able to live? That could be shelter. That's going to be food, um, whatever you need. And then on top of that, what can you reasonably get by with in the beginning as far as any operational cost, marketing, rentals, whatever it may be? Put them together. What are my real costs, my real liabilities? Be honest. Don't be pie in the sky. Be honest. Okay, I, I, I budget $200 a month for food. Yeah, but then I find myself going out to eat every Saturday sure. and getting a beer. Now, all of a sudden, it's four or 500 Be real. Yep. If, you, if you don't know, go back and look at your bank account. Mm-hmm. See where you spend your money. Yeah. But get your cost in line. Be realistic. From there, you, tr- you do your very best to put that into a budget. The biggest thing that I ever saw with any type of business person was the lack of discipline. Mm -hmm. They want to do it. They say they can do it. But when it comes time to getting out of bed to go to work, get dressed and go out into the field, a lot of folks, unfortunately, if they're not punching a time clock, which makes you get up, they they tend to hit the snooze alarm. Sure. Big mistake. Would you not agree? No, I I agree 100 percent. And I'm actually notorious for doing it myself. Mm -hmm. Now, uh, my my discipline, Christian talks about this all the time, and he's not here to defend himself. So let's just give him a hard time. <laughs> but one one of the things for me is that you know my I can honestly tell you, and I mean this is something tracking through my whole life. I I perform better from about 10 p.m. and on. So when I tell yep. you that I'd rather work from 10, or excuse, I'm sorry, 10 a.m. 10 a.m. and on. Mm-hmm. Uh, 10 p.m. is another story entirely. I guess you know that's the that's the that's the it's weekend. Your other job. That's the other job. Right. That's the other job. That's the Reese the bar story or something. Anyway, so uh, no, 10 a.m. and on. So I prefer my workday to, or at least my what he what Christian would call my prime time hours. I prefer like 10 a.m. to 7 p.m. Mm-hmm. But I've always been honest with him about that. You know. And yet he still calls me at 8 a.m. in the morning like, oh, you got to do this and that and the other and stuff. And I'm like, dude, I'm like naked trying to take a shower right now. <laughs> like, like you're going to have to call me at some other time. And, you know, we'll, we'll figure this out when I get to the office type of thing. But, um, it, you know, discipline, that's, a, that's just a wonderful point because having the discipline to, you know, you've already chosen, you've already chosen to take the dive. You've chosen to, to do this. But especially when you're a solopreneur, you know, what it becomes then is who's holding you accountable? You know, 
Um, Absolutely. It, it's really fortunate in our case. Of course, we have we have a business partner that that holds us accountable, whether we admit it or not. But when you're a solopreneur, I mean, nobody's preventing you from from hitting that snooze alarm or you know waking up later or getting there later or or leaving earlier too. I mean, that's another thing Absolutely. to consider. Yeah. You know, um, that that's a very interesting point. Um, so what, what would you recommend for entrepreneurs? Like what, what types of things have you done personally or recommended folks to do in order to keep their discipline, so to speak? Very first thing, and I honestly cannot remember who the icon was that said this. So I'm not going to take credit. It was, credit it was David Reedy. It, it, it wasn't, <laughs> but David Reedy's the one that's David Reedy's it. quoting it now. So. Uh, it possibly was Henry Ford, but the gentleman said this. Even when he wasn't working from the office, so this mm -hmm. relates to our folks that work from home, a yep. lot of people do now, still, even if you're going to work from home, get up at a prescribed time mm -hmm. every day, shower, get dressed in your business attire, yep. and work at home in your business attire versus the robe, the, the naked, the fuzzy bunny slippers. Yep. It starts to drive you Sweat down. Pants, you get too sure. comfortable. Work mode is work mode yep. and you should be characteristic of work mode for the entire work time as you said mm -hmm. if it's 10 a.m to 7 p.m that's cool whether it's at an office whether it's at, at someone's door or even it's at your home office or yep. right in your bedroom you can if you can work from there cool but you need to be working yep that's it that's my best starting advice get up get prepared no matter you're punching a clock or not someone's mm -hmm. watching or not the bill collectors are watching sure don't forget that yeah so get up, get yourself ready, get dressed for work as if you're walking out to your office, and then do your work in your office, even again if your office is your bedroom. Yep. Start there. Most people can't even do that. If sure. you can get that, you're already moving in the right direction, and the rest, you can start to have it fall in line. Yeah. One, I remember uh, it just reminded me kind of a lesson in discipline, but one of my fraternity brothers, just a crazy person in general anyways, but... Um, <laughs> I have so many good memories with him, but, um, one of the things is that he was, he was real New York. Okay. And that might narrow it down to it is a little bit, but I mean, we would be up until four in the morning and he, and he go, yo Reese, I got to tell you something about how I, how I do. He's like, he's like, no matter what time we potty till, no matter what time I go to bed, I get up at 6 30 AM every single day, 6 30 AM. And he never napped. He and every single morning. And the funny thing is, I mean, like this was this was back in the Stone Ages, like before we had iPhones and stuff. So, I mean, he didn't have a dedicated alarm. You know, it was just six thirty. It was his body chemistry. Like, like this is the time to wake up. And it was something that I mean, I myself find that I, you know I lack this discipline. Like sometimes I'll hit that snooze or whatever. But to this day, I just thought it was an amazing thing that, that he always got up at 6.30. I mean, there you'd be, 4 in the morning, still partying at, you know, Saturday evening or whatever. Sunday morning rolls around 6.30. You can guess that blank is going to be awake, you know? Yes. And it's, a, it's a, just a great uh, lesson in discipline. So uh, let's kind of shift and talk a little bit about finances and, uh, you know, how to, how to prepare for a business. Um, so let's just, you know create a hypothetical and say that I want to provide this service where I perform a service of widgets, it's an imaginary service or whatever. And, um, you know, I have my business plan created. I have, you know, I'm going to charge this much for my service. It's going to take this much time. You know, I have some of my amenities and assets figured out, which is to say, you know, my rent is this much per month and insurance. And, you know, you're forecasting all, all of these types of things. 
Um, what would you suggest to the person that has the plan in place and then it comes time to execute? You know, how, how do they adhere to their discipline with that stuff? Well, from a financial standpoint, a pretty good rule of, thumb, of, of thumb, excuse me, is have at least six months worth of bills liquid in the bank, mm-hmm. wherever it needs to come from. So in other words, if, you, if you're working the job that's not going to be your forever job, mm-hmm. do that until you have enough saved. What you don't want to do is take the plunge, as you put it, and be already up against the eight ball. Yeah, That's going to that's gonna work wonders against you. Uh, your body language is, is, is off from a sales standpoint. Sure. The stress that's high from being an entrepreneur triples if money's a problem. Yeah. You don't want to, you just want to try to put to the best that you can yourself in the most, in the strongest, I guess, position to start. Because mm-hmm. it's tough out there, right? Sure. Absolutely. And that's, that's still, no matter how much money you have in the bank, your three months, your six months, still make sure that you have done your due diligence. If you don't know how to how to effectively you know get the temperature of the market, mm-hmm. hire somebody that does. There's yep. people out there that are really good at this stuff, even if you're not. Right. Do your homework. Spend a few dollars, and make sure that you have the right place and the right product, and again at the right time. Mm-hmm. One of the coolest shows I like. I'll, I'll punch in there. Everyone's seen it. Bar Rescue. Yeah. yeah. John Tapper. He's good. Right? Uh, yeah. Hundred percent. He's good. Now part of that's probably you know, dramatized, but, sure. but I think he knows what he's doing. For sure, definitely. And the, the cool thing I like is he goes to the different positions and you'll see something that isn't working. And often, you know, halfway through the show, he pulls out the demographic and the maps and, you know, there's a college right here and this and that. Why are you catering to this crowd when you're yeah. letting 20,000 of the other? You're, you're doing the wrong thing for the wrong person, but, it, but it's the right place, so let's shift. Yeah. So do your homework. Shift your strategy. Do your homework and, and don't go in holding your breath already underwater from, from a, a financial standpoint. Work a little harder. Take a second job, just if that's what it takes. Mm-hmm. If you want this to be your dream forever, you don't want to shortchange yourself by jumping a month early. Yeah. You know, a few more hours here, a few more hundred in the bank, whatever it takes. Yeah. Start there. And the rest is uphill, mm-hmm. but at least you're starting. At and least you you're can starting. Make yes, sir. Yeah. Man, that's that's great advice, and something that you that you hit on that really that really pulled my heartstring was, um, well, we in the marketing world we talk about it like target demographic, you know, and you know when I when I ask somebody who who do you want this message to go out to, so often I hear from the other perspective. I remember this dentist, for example, and uh, the dentist said, uh, "Well, I want anybody that has teeth." And I was like, "Nope, nope, you don't. Like, that's not that's not good enough. You know, that's not good enough for me. I don't accept that answer." And what ends up happening is that if you try to apply your message towards everybody, then you get nobody. You know, I agree. Um, and it, 100%. it's it's one of those things where. Um, I mean, I firmly believe that niches are in the riches, and uh, or riches are in the niches. Why do I keep saying things backwards today? But anyway, um, I think that having you know having that mindset of assessing where you're at, assessing who you want to be your your target customer. I remember another example. So I'm a huge Tar Heel fan through and through, always and forever. And one of the things that that I remember speaking with a client about is, you know, I would rather work with somebody that's a Tar Heel fan just simply based on the fact that we have a commonality than a Duke fan because they're scum. <laughs> but, you know, I'm, obviously I just joke. But, but I mean, realistically, having things like what types of TV shows that they watch, having commonalities, if you, if you yes. like the person, you typically work harder for them, you typically have a better relationship with them, and on a day-to-day basis, you're having a better time. You know, you're just enjoying yourself a lot more. Which goes to the point, it's stressful enough mm-hmm. um, in the first place, but if you have... Uh, 
a little bit of common thread, a little bit of a break here and there, it, uh, it makes you more productive. Absolutely. You more productive. And you feel better. You have more fun. You, yeah. you want to be successful, but you don't want to um, turn yourself inside out, which yeah. some, sometimes the, the happiest people don't necessarily make the most money. They're sure. doing either what they love or they're doing something that enables them to do other things that they love mm -hmm. to, to fulfill their life. You know yeah. this. You've done many things. Yeah, and, and another thing is that sometimes you can do something that you don't particularly love, but if you're doing it with somebody that you love, Agreed. it makes it a thousand percent better too. Absolutely. Um, so one of, the, one of the other things that I wanted to speak to you about is you were talking about hiring experts to do things. And by the way, I think that that your tip or you know whatever whatever you want to call it of having six months of bills in the bank um, just to alleviate some of that financial stress, man, well heard, well heard. Because you don't want to be in a situation where um, where you're chasing down that eight ball and trying to figure out how to how to make it through the night type of thing, or yes. live or live in that paycheck to paycheck mode or month to month or something like that. Um, I think that's something that probably a lot of us do very poorly, and probably a lot of us could could really suffer to have those six months saved up just just to prepare for in, in the future type of thing. Which is back to the discipline. Yep. Yeah, have that and don't touch it, you know. Correct. Something like that. Mm -hmm. So let's talk a little bit about about particularly financial advising. So, um, you know, I'm a, I'm a firm believer that I'm very, very good at like three things, and I'm just okay at the rest of them. And the things that I'm okay at, I hire somebody to do for me. Like, I'll never do payroll so long as I live because it would take me 150 hours a week to do, and I would do it wrong, and then I'd have to correct it. And I just can't do it. It's not, it's not in my wheelhouse or whatever. So... Um, you know, especially for a fresh young entrepreneur that's starting a new business, that's doing a new thing, what would you suggest, you know, when do they call David Reedy up to take a look at their finances and their, and their qualitative assessments with stuff? Unfortunately, the majority of the calls I get um, are when mistakes have already been made. Right. Because we jump in, we don't, we don't exercise the discipline. Mm -hmm. And then they call me to see how they can either fix their mistake or pull themselves out of a hole. Uh, it, it's, it can be done, but wouldn't it be nice to start, to, to start uh, at sea level instead of in the abyss? Right, sure. But um, yeah, I, I, I get probably 70% of the people that I first run into have made at least one, if not more, major mistakes. Yep. Some can be corrected, some can be built on, but even if we can fix it, we're still not going to summit to the place that we would have been if we didn't have a major loss oh, in yeah. the first place. For sure. It happens. Yeah. I think about it like damage control, you know. Yes. Um, Terry Anderson was on our show, I don't know, it's been a couple months ago, but um, she was talking about how um, in, in her line of work, she's either a fire marshal or a firefighter, you know. And yes. she's either putting out a fire or she's preventing one. And so often it's so much better to prevent the fire than it is to, than it is to have it happen to you anyways, you know. The when I meet with someone, and even if you do this on your own, sit down with yourself or your significant other and try to get a very clear picture of what your goals are. Some short term, some long term. Too many people get distracted mm -hmm. by everyday living, uh, life in general, and they forget what it is that they really want, which is also goes hand in hand. You start forgetting what you really need. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. And then you're all over the place instead of being focused. If you can have just a handful of precise goals, if you can get to them by yourself, you know, you're doing better than a lot. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. If you need help getting to them from an advisor, 
whatever that advisor is, I mean, that's what we're supposed to do. Yeah. But if you're shooting in seven different directions, you're not going to hit your target. Yeah, for sure. You know, um, I'm sure you've probably heard of Gary Vee. Um, you know, he's a big social social celebrity or whatever. But um, one of the things that he came out with that he was talking about was how much money do you really need? You know, how much do you need in order to in order to do it? Because he's focused on creating a legacy and creating a dynasty. So, you know, he owns a several hundred million dollar business at this point, but he might elect to take, you know, a percent of that or something instead of instead of taking it all for himself, just so that he can continue to build and create a, a bigger and deeper foundation for things, you know. Um, so let me ask you this. How, how often do you find yourself in a, in a position, you know, the world's ever changing and we talk about technology pretty frequently on the show. How often do you find yourself in a position where um, somebody is selling a VHS player or something, you know, where, where they've failed to adapt to the, new, the newness of technology and, and softwares and things like that and then you're playing, you know, damage control on something? As I just all all the time, probably seventy percent of the yeah. calls I get. Yeah, all the time. The knowledge is power. Yep. The 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 big thing I wish people would start to realize is that most consultations are free. Yep. Okay. At least with financial advisors, I can only sure. speak for that. Yeah. If you go into someone's office or you're on the phone and you say, "Hey, I've got this. What do you think?" Mm-hmm. I mean, that's all you need to say. Yep. Now, depending on who the advisor is, you know, what the situation is. The advice that they give you may or may not be the best for you. I mean, that's sure. it's, it's a case-by-case basis. But at least you can start. But you would be surprised how many people are scared to even pick up a phone. Oh, yeah. Oh, my goodness. They're going to sell me this. They're going to bother me there. They're going to take my money. Nobody can take your money yeah. unless you're on the street and they have a gun. I mean, yeah. that's a different story. Yeah, yeah. It's called being mugged. <laughs> exactly. Right. You have the power so what are you afraid of? Mm-hmm. What you in one of my my videos that, that you helped me with? Mm-hmm. You know, what are you really afraid of? Yep. What you should be afraid of is not ever getting the information. I mean, get the information. You decide what you want to do with it. Yeah. But going through with your eyes closed, it doesn't work. Yeah. It yeah. Never will. I I think that uh, something that I've seen in my own life is especially with you know people self educating through YouTube and whatever else. I mean, I, I see mm-hmm. that every single day in every single industry and somewhere along the lines it's almost like our society developed this arrogance which is which is to say that you know i might not be the best at everything but i can be good enough i can be mm-hmm. good enough not to hire david reedy or i can be good enough not to hire an accountant and do my payroll or i, I you know agreed i think that comes back to fear yes yeah. it, it really does because mm-hmm. it it's uh there's no interaction if i watch youtube which has a lot of good information mm-hmm. If I watch Facebook videos in certain groups, they have a lot of good information, but I can't really talk back to the video. And if I don't have the experience or if I don't really know what I'm doing, mm-hmm. okay, for that aspect, then what I'm watching, which sounds great, may not even pertain to my situation. I may yep. not even realize it. Yep. Okay, he did this, I'm going to do that. And you find it, well, that's you have to have a certain level of this, you have mm-hmm. to have a certain time frame of that. Um, it's all over the place. Yep. Again, I would simply urge people, whomever you want, talk to one person, talk to two or three, that's fine, but talk to somebody. Yeah. And then do or don't do based on what your your instincts tell you. Yeah, and talk to somebody whose expertise is that which you're searching for too, you know? Preferably somebody that does this and only this yeah. for a living. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of, I guess there's part-time, different trades out there, but sure. again, speaking personally from this, 
uh, after 21 years. If, if I, if, if my advice and expertise are not sound enough to have uh, clients in multiple states, if it's, if I'm not good enough at what I'm advising on to support myself, yeah, maybe you shouldn't trust me to support you. Right. hundred percent. But it's, yeah. You see all kinds of things. <laughs> I, I, I firmly believe that success leaves clues. And, you know, when you see when you see somebody that's that's highly successful or even produces a product that, that very well represents the need that they're looking to fulfill, I mean, that's all the education you need right there as, as you know, that's a person that I should, that I should follow in this field or whatever. Um, one of the other things that I think happens all too often, which I'm just privy to see given my interactions with social media and whatnot, is that unfortunately, and I see this all over in every industry, um, everybody has their beliefs, you know, and nobody has the same beliefs pretty much, you know, um, and why would you want to have the same beliefs as everybody else? Then then life wouldn't have any flavor or be interesting. But what ends up happening is that, you know, let's say that I, I have this certain belief, you, you know, that I like cars, and so mm-hmm. let's say that I'm looking for financial advice, and all of a sudden, given my interest in cars, and given the way that social media can target folks by their interests, all of a sudden I have, you know, uh, Joe Schmo, uh, car investor extraordinaire or something like that. And, and he's projecting a lot of information, be it misinformation or not, where he's saying, oh, these cars are the best investments that you can make, blah, blah, blah. And so then you see these people that interact with Joe Schmo, once again, car extraordinaire, and they're just people of, of similar ideas and similar beliefs. And so they, they go down the trail and they follow the person based on their interests instead of getting that objective opinion. I mean, it's impossible to remove a human element from, from these things, but given the way that we, can, we interact on social media and how targeted it is just based on people's interests and demographics and character and belief and, and whatever else, um, it's kind of an unfortunate thing. And I think it, it, it's one of those things that... I mean, I just see it happen day to day, and I think it further segments us. You know, I think it's one of those things. You see this politically a lot as well, mm-hmm. um, where you know you'll you'll see somebody take a segment of a politician's speech or something like that, the segment that's particularly inflammatory or the one they don't believe with. And all the while, if you listen to the full two minutes instead of the ten second snippet, then you know you'll see that their point was actually quite valid type the context of thing. changes context absolutely, absolutely. it's it, it's really i don't know it, it's kind of a shame um, social media from what you show me is it's a great tool for information sure allowable that it's also going to have some misinformation mm-hmm. what i suggest to people in general whatever you're using it for is use it as a tool mm-hmm. get the information write it down the, the things that, that, that you're worried about or you're concerned with mm-hmm. or that may or may not pertain to you, but then don't don't rely on that to do the work for you. Right. Part of your discipline is to do your own due diligence. If you have some tools, I've got a hammer here, and that might be what I know from Facebook. Mm-hmm. I've got a screwdriver here that's talking to this guy or sure. whatever the case. Put your tools together, and then you have to build your house yourself. You can yep. be guided, but if you're going to sit back and pick and choose the easiest pie in the sky, you know, tidbit for yeah. ten seconds that you got, and say done. Um, big mistake. Yeah, absolutely. You're be lazy, you're going to be broke. Yeah, it's 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 really a shame. You know, it's really a shame that people that people take 
you know, just the little snippets, and they take those things to be gospels. You know, they take they take the snippets that they either love or the ones that they hate, and it seems like those are the ones that propagate themselves, you know, by and large. This goes with every industry, every politic, every belief, um, you know, and I, I, I happen to see it all the time just given the space that I'm in, but it's it's kind of unfortunate. So um, I, I kind of want uh, to shift one more time here and, and talk about the future. So, um, you know, the world is incredibly dynamic and it's changing at a faster rate than we can even keep up with a lot mm-hmm. of times. What, what do you see, and uh, I, I know that in the financial realm, by the way, I know that you're, you have to be very careful about what you can say and what you yes. can't, but, but what, what types of things do you see in the financial realm um, that are going to benefit people? And I don't mean specific investments, but everything from a technological standpoint to the types of things that people can invest in. Or plead the fifth. <laughs> no, um, my opinion is pretty simple. I, yeah. When people use the word diversification, they mm-hmm. sometimes don't understand what that is. Sure. They'll say there are slight variances, but one common denominator, and that really, to me, is not diversification. So the best I can answer that that foretell of your question is make sure that some part of your, your financial security is built around something that is truly guaranteed. Mm-hmm. There are some instruments out there. And you can choose whichever one you're comfortable. It could be some some rental real estate. It could be some certain types of annuities. It could even be some bonds or whatever. But the point is there are things out there that are guaranteed, as long as you keep an eye on them, to produce a certain amount of, of budgetable income, something that you know is going to be there while the rest of your, your investments or your endeavors are speculative. They may or may not work out the way that you want, but if you've got the backbone, and if the backbone is strong enough to keep the lights on, to keep your security, that is going to make your life a whole lot easier than if every day you're just rolling the dice. Yeah. I, I think, you know, when we had coffee before this, you mentioned something that really resonated with me. You were talking about how, you know, somebody will invest in the stock market, for instance, and they'll they'll watch their value go up. You know, the Dow goes up 300 points, and they're their portfolio goes up tremendously or whatever. But the the thing to realize too is that, you know, that's not money until you cash out. You Absolutely. Know? And and that's one of those things where especially as it comes to diversifying your assets and especially as it comes to increasing your overall wealth and value, um, you have to have those things in place. You know, you have to understand that that's not worth you know, whatever it's worth, you can get, but you got to get it before it's worth something. And that's kind of a confusing feature for most folks. But You're correct. And yep. if you need to get it when the value is down, now that, that loss that your broker says is just on paper is no longer on paper. Yeah. It's real. Yeah. So sustainable income derivatives mm-hmm. that are relatively safe, if not guaranteed, to make sure that you have the security that you have, right. whatever that is, that has to be a part of your overall diversified portfolio. You've got to have some guaranteed money coming in. They're yep. out there, so get them. Yeah, you got to get them. You got to you got to find them somewhere. So, David Reedy is my guest today. Um, David, I always like to ask somebody a, a, a silly question before we get off air here. But uh, so here's my here's my silly question. Not too silly, but um, so you've been living in North Carolina for how long now? About five years. About five years. Yes. Okay. So, um, what do you like better, Florida or North Carolina, and why? Oh, I actually like both for different reasons. Okay. I love the, the you weather. You take the politician answer. I love I, it. <laughs> but I'm the truthful politician. Right. Okay. So you know, just so you know, whenever you answer a, politi- uh, a politician question, this is the way that you got to do it. So whenever you answer, you have to start off and go, 
That's a great question. So I'll, you know, you have to start off with that's a great question. What a good you time. question. What a great question. So, so let's do it again. Florida or North Carolina, and why? I like both. No, you got to say what a great question. <laughs> what I'm a sorry, great, what a great right. question. I, I'm yep. tradable. What, okay. a, what a good looking question. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> okay, so you like both for a reason. I like both, but the reason I love Florida is because I love the oceans down there and the beaches. Sure, absolutely. The palm trees are just beautiful. Even yep. in Christmas, they light them up. They're nice. Yep. I like up here in the Carolinas because you have a more moderation of temperatures. You have the mountains, which are beautiful. You have mm-hmm. the pretty trees that turn the colors. You know, down south in Florida, everything is green all yep. the time. Right. Up here, depending on the, the, the time of the year, you get a, a full rainbow. Yeah. So Get some seasons. Yeah. So I go back and forth. They're, 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 if you have a car or it means to a plane, I mean, you can go and do both. I go back and forth. Yeah, I was going to say, you still have family down in Florida, right? Yes. So, yeah, yeah, absolutely. David Reedy, my super guest today. David Reedy with Advantage 7 Financial. Uh, David, let's say that somebody wants to get a hold of you. How do they get a hold of you? Oh, Wow. Easy enough. Uh, best places go to my website, okay. advantage7financial.com. I have uh, all of my contact information there, as, wrong, as, as well as some basic information. Start there. I'm open for emails, and my phone numbers are posted as well. I'm open to any questions from anyone. Awesome. Well, thank you very much for joining me today, man. Thank you.